Shalom, this is Rabbi Brad and TGIS, thank God at Shabbos. On his way to work, Nate arrives at the train station a bit early. He's waiting for the train and he notices a new machine on the platform. The sign says there, state-of-the-art talking weighing machine. Interested, he stands on it, puts in his dollar coin, and the machine says to him, you weigh 110 kilos and you're Jewish. Nate can't believe what he just heard. So he gets on it again, puts in another dollar. You weigh 110 kilos. You are Jewish and you're waiting for the 7.30 train to take you to your job at the bank. Now he's totally shocked, but determined to beat the machine. So he goes into the men's room, roughs up his hair, puts on a dark pair of glasses, takes off his tie and suit. And he goes back outside, steps onto the machine, puts in another dollar. The machine straight away says to him, you're still Jewish. You still weigh 110 kilos, but you're a schlamuzzle because you just missed the train. So on that note, let me begin with the following question. How many of you have ever been on a diet? And the follow-on question is, and how many of you fizzled off it? And it's amazing. We start the diet really pumped. We may even go so far as to put up an inspirational declaration of intent on Facebook. Tell people what we're doing and after a day or two or three, post some pictures of before and after to convince ourselves that there's actually been change. Either way, slowly, you start to see some tangible results. You feel better, you're looking better, you're excited. But inevitably, after a bit of time, things become a burden, not as exciting as it was, and you're back to stopping at the petrol station for a bonus-sized twirl and Snickers combo. Was on special, right? How could you not? But my question is why? Is it because we don't care about our weight or that we don't value our health? Of course not. The whole reason that we began it in the first place was because we value it and we may even be really passionate about it too. But when you're doing it, it's actually really hard. You know, you finish lunch, you're still hungry and you can't eat again till dinner. And this is not only dieting. It's like this for everything everything that we value and everything that we care about in our lives. There are so many good things that we want to do or a type of person that we, that we want to be. We care for our health. We care for other people. We want to love people. We want to bring peace to the world. We want people not to feel lonely. There's so many exciting values and ideals that we have inside of ourselves. And these ideals make us feel a sense of purpose, make us feel important and give us the feeling of belonging. But when push comes to shove and we enter the world of action, it's actually really hard to live it. It's easy to be idealistic in principle, to be anti-bullying and to post and to talk about how bad bullying is. But it's a lot harder to actually invite someone lonely out for coffee or to welcome them into your friendship circle. If you ask the average person, what good things did you do this week? How many times did you see or did you call your grandparents? Did you reach out to the guy or girl who you know is having a really tough time? What lofty values did you work towards? Most people won't know what to tell you because most of the time what we want and what we really believe is important is not reflected in what we do. At the end of the day, when a person talks about how nice you are, it's not about how nice you want to be, It's how nice you were to them. It's not that you stood for this ideal, 
but you got down and dirty and did something about it. The Torah is revolutionary in that it fuses the ideal and the practice together. It's on the one hand a book of ideals and values, but on the other hand, a book of immense practical detail. It doesn't just say, be a nice guy or be a good Jew. It gets in the nitty gritty of detail of how to actually do that practically. Being a good person means loving unconditionally and judging favorably and inviting guests into your home and returning a lost item, not talking bad about people. It doesn't just say give charity, it tells you how much and who you should give to. The Torah, in a very, very down-to-earth way, recognizes that we are humans, that we find it really hard to even seek to our own diets, let alone implement ideals and values that we hold dear to us. But the Torah creates the framework for us to live them. It doesn't matter how much we want something. We need, as humans, a framework around us if we're going to succeed in connecting that ideal to practice. And the Torah is the framework that Hashem has given us. And that's the way that I think of a mitzvah. There is a spiritual world of the ideal. Then there is the physical mundane world of action. The way we are able to bring down these great ideals and values into the world is through the mitzvah. Mitzvah meaning not only commandment, but in its Aramaic source, connection. The mitzvah is the connection between the world of ideal and the world of action. And if we take Shabbos dinner as an example, it's not just family sitting around a table. This is an opportunity for us to practically, in a very real way, live the value of family, of friendship, of kindness, to invite those who are, who are alone and who need some love into our homes. Each mitzvah is the physical platform for the lofty values and ideals that we have. We are the only creatures that stand up tall. We connect the heavens and the earth. On the one hand, the spiritual universe of our ideals and our values, but on the other hand, we're very, very much grounded in this world of practical action. You could say that we are part angel, part human. But what makes us Jewish is that we know how to fuse the two together. I really believe that this idea houses in it the roots of happiness. And please, God, I look forward to talking about that next week. In the meantime, have a wonderful Shabbos. TGIS, thank God, it's Shabbos.